All right, a news conference about to get underway. Alberta Premier Jason Kinney, our Health Minister Jason Copping, and Chief Medical Officer of Health Dr. Dina Hinshaw. The latest on COVID and Omicron and what's happening. Uh, we'll get the details. Jason Kenny has just started to speak. I'm uh, here today with Minister Copping, and we're being joined in Edmonton by Chief Medical Officer Dr. Hinshaw uh, to provide an important update on the response of Alberta to COVID-19 and the steps that we're taking to protect Albertans from the Omicron variant. Uh, We had to reschedule this update from last night because of a last-minute meeting with the Prime Prime Minister and the Premiers regarding Omicron. Uh, This morning, I was actually scheduled to begin a four-day investment promotion trip to Toronto, uh, but given emerging concerns about Omicron, we've uh, shifted that trip to a series of uh, video meetings with Canadian business leaders, allowing me at the same time to be here on the ground uh, uh, while working with Minister Copping and our health officials on the public health challenge. As you know, the Omicron variant of COVID-19 has now been detected in 77 countries around the world, three weeks after first being reported in South Africa. Researchers are working tirelessly to learn more about Omicron, but there are still many unknowns, including the risks of serious outcomes and how effective vaccines are against this variant. What is known is how quickly and easily it can spread. Early evidence suggests that Omicron is significantly more transmissible than the Delta variant, which was previously the most contagious version of COVID-19. We don't need to look outside our country to see the rapid spread that happens with this highly transmissible variant. Ontario has quickly seen new cases of Omicron emerge. Early evidence from around the world suggests that Omicron uh, does not cause severe illness at the same rate as Delta. This is encouraging, and it's a reason not uh, to panic or to be motivated by fear. However, because of its extraordinarily high rate of transmission, it might still represent a risk to our healthcare system. Just let me pause to say that if we get extremely widespread population transmission all at the same time, even if a very small percentage of people experience experience severe symptoms and require, for example, intensive care, that could potentially uh, challenge the capacity of our healthcare system. So we need to be prudent and cautious as we wait for more data to emerge about the nature of Omicron. Yesterday, I participated in a call with the Prime Minister, as I mentioned, and my fellow Premiers, to discuss the challenges that Omicron presents to each of our provinces and to the entire country. What was clear to me on the call was that we are all keen uh, to minimize the spread of Omicron in order to protect our hospitals. And here in Alberta, that means continuing on with the things that we know work. Programs like the Restrictions Exemption Program, targeted health measures like mandatory masking in public places, and most importantly, continued expansion of COVID-19 vaccination with a focus now on booster shots. But that's not uh, all that we are doing. We can't protect ourselves from this virus or its variants with just one or two tactics. We have to to use every possible tool at our disposal uh, to limit spread of the virus. This includes having a robust testing program to identify cases as early as possible uh, to prevent potential spread. 
Alberta has been a real leader in Canada in testing for COVID-19 since day one. We prioritized testing and invested heavily in, in this program because we know how critical it is to understand and limit the spread of the virus. Rapid testing can be helpful in getting Albertans who have potentially become infected uh, to isolate before they may even realize that they have the disease. That is why I'm announcing a significant expansion of our rapid testing program today. Beginning December 17th, any Albertan will be able to go to select Alberta Health Service sites and select pharmacies to get a free rapid antigen test kit. Each rapid test kit will include five rapid tests and detailed instructions on how and when to use them. More than half a million kits will be available for at-home use on a first-come, first-served basis at approximately 740 sites across the province. Albertans will be able to pick up a box for themselves and one box for those uh, who cannot pick up themselves who might be in their household, provided they have each individual's healthcare number. The kits are intended for those without COVID-19 symptoms. Uh, if you, excuse me, the, the, I should say that the kits are uh, used for those who uh, don't have symptoms. If you do have COVID symptoms, or if you receive a positive uh, result on a rapid test, people should immediately isolate and do a PCR test at an AHS assessment center. We are also making rapid test kits available to any K-6 school on alert status. And that means any school that has at least two COVID-19 cases that uh, attended school while infectious in the previous 14 days. This is an expansion of our rapid testing program for K-6 schools as we previously provided tests only to schools with an, an, on outbreak status, that is to say with 10 or more COVID cases. Tests will continue to be made available on a voluntary basis for those schools uh, and for parents and staff who choose to use them. These testing kits will provide an extra layer of defense against the virus and will bring peace of mind to families who may be trying to do the right thing to limit transmission to others. This is especially welcome at this time of year as we know, more Albertans will be mixing and mingling uh, throughout the Christmas season and often traveling from, for example, cities to hometowns. Expanded rapid testing adds to our current public health measures and our ongoing work to ensure that Albertans are protected by the vaccine, but it does not replace either of these. The vast majority of Albertans understand this and they have made the decision to get vaccinated. To date, we have distributed uh, 5.9 million rapid tests to Albertans. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, we are concerned that our current supply, though, of only half a million kits may be fully exhausted soon with the expansion of this program. And that's why last night I renewed uh, my call on the federal government uh, to provide more test kits and to approve more easy to use tests for the public. Here in Canada, uh, Health Canada has only approved um, a handful of tests, whereas in Europe, well over a hundred have been authorized and are in use. So we need a broader spectrum of tests, easy to use tests uh, to increase uh, their availability to the public. It was a year ago this week that the first doses of COVID-19 vaccine arrived in Alberta and now more than 7 million doses of vaccines have been administered across the province. 89.3% of Albertans who are 12 years of age or older are at, uh, are at least partially vaccinated. 
that is to say with at least one dose, and 84.9% have now been fully immunized. So that's great news. In the last weeks, we have also uh, further expanded eligibility for booster doses and begun administering uh, pediatric first doses to children between the ages of 5 and 11. Uptake for both of these has been strong. To date, we've administered more than 93,000 pediatric doses to young Albertans between the ages of 5 and 11, and there are more than uh, 17,000 appointments that are booked uh, for the uh, next four weeks. I want to thank all of those young Albertans and their parents and guardians for taking advantage of the opportunity to protect themselves and those around them from COVID-19. While we continue to learn more about the Omicron variant, it does appear that uh, vaccines continue to provide important protection from severe illness, although perhaps slightly reduced from Delta. However, emerging real-world evidence indicates that Omicron is more infectious and is causing more breakthrough infections, both for those who, uh, who have antibodies from prior infection, as well as those who have received two doses of vaccination. And that is why we've been working hard to get Albertans their third shot, their booster shots, once they reach the six-month interval since their last uh, vaccine dose. And when it comes to COVID booster shots, we have administered more than uh, 532,000 additional doses to date. Boosters help to provide an extra but important layer of protection against the virus, which is especially important as we face Omicron and head into the winter season as people uh, begin to gather indoors more frequently. In light of evolving global evidence around the Omicron variant uh, and what we know about waning immunity, I'm also announcing the next stage in our booster rollout. Starting today, any Albertan 50 years of age and over, as well as all healthcare workers, can book an appointment for a third dose provided six months have passed since they received their second dose. This means that in total, there are now about 2 million Albertans who have either uh, already received or can book boosters. This includes those who were previously eligible, plus about 150,000 healthcare workers and 550,000 Albertans who are between the ages of 50 and 59 who now become eligible. We would uh, like to be able to offer these doses to all Albertans uh, after, as soon as their six-month interval is over, but the reality is we can only increase appointment availability at the pace of the, of the supply that we have uh, procured by the federal government. On yesterday's call with the Prime Minister, several premiers, including myself, raised the issue of vaccine supply and urged the Government of Canada to pick up the pace of, the, of delivery to our provinces so we can get uh, that extra layer of protection uh, to Albertans just as soon as they pass the six-month interval. As of today, we have about 475,000 uh, Pfizer or Moderna, that is mRNA doses, in Alberta's inventory, and we have about 64,000 appointments currently booked over the next uh, 20, 28 days. While this, this may seem like there are a lot of surplus doses, the truth is that appointment bookings make up only about one-third of the number of doses administered, as there are far more walk-ins at pharmacies. And uh, from what we have seen to date, we can expect at least 65% of eligible Albertans, including these newly eligible individuals, 50 plus, uh, to get a booster dose.
That's a total of approximately 1 million in expected demand and a supply of only 475,000 right now. You, you can see the challenge. In other words, we uh, unfortunately do not yet have enough doses fully to open booking for every Albertan that would like one. We are experiencing about uh, 230,000, we're expecting, excuse me, about 230,000 more mRNA doses, and I'm hopeful that we'll be able to open up additional age groups in the near future. We know that many Albertans are nearing their six-month mark, so we'll continue to push uh, the federal government to get us as much supply as possible. In the meantime, I encourage eligible Albertans to get their boosters as soon as they are able and uh, to take an mRNA vaccine uh, that is available. I'd like to reassure Albertans that uh, two doses of mRNA vaccine, whether it's Pfizer or Moderna, remain highly effective at protecting us from severe illness, hospitalization, or death. So where, wherever you are now, whether you're eligible or not for the dose of COVID-19, the third dose, or have yet to receive your first or second shot, I encourage you to do so as soon as possible to get the best possible protection against the virus. Getting fully vaccinated continues to be one of the most important things that we can do, along with continuing to follow the targeted public health measures in place. Each person's individual actions have truly made a difference in our battle with COVID-19. And following public health measures has worked to limit transmission previously. We must, and we've seen that since uh, Albertans got on top of the fourth wave through their diligence over the past uh, three months. We must continue to be cautious to protect ourselves against COVID-19 and make sure that we do not compromise uh, the progress that we've made. Albertans have been through so much over the past 20 months, 21 difficult months, including Christmas, where people couldn't celebrate uh, in person with loved ones from other households. I know this was incredibly difficult last year for many families. And in light of Omicron's emergence, I know that many Albertans may be asking, will we be able to get together with family this year for the holidays? In considering the precautions we are taking against Omicron, in balance with our current numbers, we are making some measured changes to our gathering restrictions to allow Albertans safely to gather with their loved ones from different households. While we are not increasing the number of people permitted uh, for private indoor social gatherings, we are making two adjustments. First, effective immediately, we are removing the two-household cohort maximum. This means that you can get together with up to 10 adults uh, from more than two different households. Children and youth 17 and younger will not count towards that 10-person limit. Second, this gathering limit now applies to all Albertans regardless of their vaccination status, meaning that both vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals uh, may have small indoor gatherings in homes. Until today, Alberta was the only province to, have, uh, to prohibit indoor social, uh, socializing or gatherings of unvaccinated individuals, which we uh, have concluded is leading to widespread noncompliance. And now with 90% of adults having some level of vaccine prote protection, uh, we believe it is no longer necessary. With rapid tests now widely available, I would encourage those hosting holiday gatherings to consider using them in order to protect their guests. 
Even with these changes, Alberta has amongst the strictest social gathering measures in the country. We wish that we could further relax these and other public health measures now. I was very much hoping to do so before Christmas, but regrettably, uh, what we are expecting in terms of Omicron spread requires that we uh, be cautious and prudent in the weeks to come. I encourage everyone to take the necessary precautions to enjoy the holiday season safely. And that means uh, staying home if you're feeling sick and getting tested if you have symptoms of COVID-19. We have seen how quickly things can change with COVID if we're not careful. And that's why we must all continue to do our part. It's also why Alberta Health and Alberta Health Services are preparing for the worst should Omicron result in a dramatic impact on healthcare capacity. That means uh, gearing up surge capacity in ICUs and uh, reviewing policies around long-term care staff and staff exposure. I should also note that uh, at 12.01 this morning, the state of public health emergency declared in September has lapsed. We will continue to monitor the situation closely and keep Albertans informed of developments with the Omicron variant. Uh, and if we need to take additional uh, action, to protect Albertans, to save lives, and to preserve our healthcare system, we will do so. I will now uh, turn the podium over to Minister Copping for further details. Thank you, Premier, and good morning, everyone. As the Premier has said, we are taking steps to protect Albertans from the Omicron variant and will continue to monitor the situation closely. We're responding to the new variant with an abundance of caution. We've supported the federal government in temporarily restricting travel from countries where the new variant is circulating. That helped slow the spread to give us time to adjust our policies if and as needed. And today's announcement is part of that ongoing process of adjustment. We're also conducting full case investigations for all international travelers, including contact tracing and testing. We're testing every COVID case for the new variant. Uh, first, a screen for Delta, then full genetic sequencing for every non-Delta case. We're rolling out third doses and vaccinations for younger kids, age 5 to 11. And we're retaining our current measures, including the restrictions of exemption program, with some modest changes that the Premier has mentioned. And we'll do more if and when required. The new variant has mutations that appear to pose increased risk, as noted by the Premier, especially in terms of its ability to spread. Now, whether it causes more severe illness and its overall impact in a highly vaccinated population, those things aren't yet clear. We're watching the evidence closely, but we're not just waiting for more evidence. We're responding right now. And one of the key elements, as mentioned by the Premier, is the expansion of booster doses. As we announced on December 1st, all Albertans over the age of 18 are eligible for a third dose six months since they received their second dose. Bookings are being opened by cohort as fast as vaccine supply allows. Now, beginning today, all Albertans aged 50 and over and all healthcare workers can book appointments for booster doses as long as they received their second vaccine dose at least six months ago. The last 20 months have highlighted the incredibly vital role our healthcare professionals play in pandemic response and in caring for Albertans who need medical treatment. I'm pleased that we're able to open up third doses to them today to help prevent them from becoming severely ill or transmitting COVID-19 and this new Omicron variant to patients. 
recognizing that we are seeing more risk of breakthrough cases with the Omicron variant in other jurisdictions, and we know some people begin to experience waning immunity six months after their second dose, it's important that we shore up protection within our health care services. So to reiterate, as of today, all healthcare professionals and all Albertans age 50 and over who are six months or more from their second dose can book a third dose. They can do that online through Alberta Vaccine Booking System by calling HealthLeak at 811 or by calling a participating pharmacy or physician clinic directly. And a reminder, everyone who is previously eligible can continue to book as well, and we urge you to do so if you have not done so already. Over the coming days and weeks, we'll monitor bookings and the schedule for vaccine del deliveries, and we'll keep opening up appointments as fast as supply allows. I've also, I also have an updated on the supply of Janssen vaccine for those who have been waiting for an alternative to mRNA vaccines. Now, we received an initial supply of 5,000 doses, and we've now used more than 80% of them. I'm pleased to announce that we expect to receive another five doses next week. Now, Janssen is a viral vector vaccine, and it isn't quite as effective as mRNA options, but it does give some protection. And if it makes a difference between someone getting vaccinated or not, we're happy to give people that choice. So we'll continue to do everything that we can to get more Albertans vaccinated and to protect them and all of us against COVID-19 and its variants. That's why we've called upon the federal government to give us this option. And we've also called on them to increase the supply of vaccines generally. So if you've been waiting for the Janssen, Janssen vaccine, I urge you to call 811 to book an appointment now. Albertans can also now access an additional layer of precaution this winter. As the Premier noted, we're making rapid test kits widely available at no charge. They're an additional tool to slow community spread of COVID-19 by identifying more cases and identifying them sooner. The sooner Albertans identify they have COVID-19, particularly when they don't have symptoms, the sooner they can isolate and reduce the risk they'll pass the virus on to others. The kits will be available beginning December 17th in select pharmacies in Edmonton, Calgary, and Red Deer, and at more than 140 AHS sites in other communities across the province. Based on the supply we have on hand from the federal government, we're providing about 500,000 rapid test kits, or 2.5 million tests in total, as a first step. We'll continue to advocate for more tests and add locations as we get more supply. If you're interested in picking up a kit, visit alberta.ca backslash COVID rapid tests to find the location nearest you. All kits will be available on a first come, first served basis. Now to ensure as many Albertans have access to the limited supply of testing kits as possible, there will be limits on how many test kits you can take. You can pick up one box of five tests every two weeks, that is in any 14 day period. You can also pick up a second one for someone who isn't able to go themselves, provided you have their healthcare number. Each rapid antigen testing kit contains five tests and detailed instructions on how to use them. There's more information and instructional videos available at alberta.ca backslash COVID rapid tests. Anyone 14 years and older can use these tests on themselves and an, all, an adult can use them for a child ages two to 13. The recommended usage is two tests a week, 72 hours apart, and the greatest benefit is for those who know that there are close contacts of a case. But this should only be considered in addition to other healthcare precautions, not as a replacement 
for the current public health measures. It is important to remember that rapid tests are not as accurate or as reliable as a PCR test, and any rapid result is preliminary, not conclusive. So if you receive a positive result from a rapid test, you must isolate, and you should promptly complete the online assessment and book a PCR test with AHS to confirm the result. Similarly, an initial negative test does not necessarily mean you're negative for COVID-19. You must not use rapid test results as a guarantee that you're COVID-free or as a license to ignore public health rules. Rapid tests are a complement to our current measures, not a replacement. They're an accessible, fast way to screen for COVID when you don't have symptoms. And it's important to remember that screening is most effective when done regularly as these tests are less sensitive than PCR tests. As these tests are self-administered, there is no documentation that comes with the results. This means that they cannot be used to gain entry to events and businesses participating in the restrictions exemption program, and they cannot be used for travel. So please do not attempt to use them for purposes they're not intended for. But that said, they're another line of defense for us against COVID-19 and its variants. Next, I want to provide just some additional details on the gathering limit change that the premiers announced. I know this is a special time of year, a time that is typically spent with family and friends and those who mean the most of us. But we must be extremely cautious right now, given that there are so many unknowns with the Omicron variant, which is why we're taking a cautious, balanced approach in an effort to minimize the very real risks of COVID, that COVID presents and the serious impact being isolated during the, the, during the holidays that can have on Albertans. So as a result, we are only making minor changes to the rules toward regarding social gatherings. As noted by the Premier, Limits for indoor social gatherings will remain at 10 adults, those under 18 years of age. However, effective immediately, indoor private social gatherings will no longer be limited to two households. Uh, in addition, there will be no distinction between vaccinated and unvaccinated Albertans. Now, this modest change will bring Albertans' indoor social gathering rules in line with most other provinces. That being said, we need to be very cautious about this holiday season. And keep in mind that gathering restrictions, indoor masking, and physical distancing requirements are all still in effect, even if you've been immunized and even if you have tested negative for COVID-19. As we said before, getting immunized continues to be the best defense we have against COVID-19. So if you haven't done so already, please make arrangements to get the information that you need to make a decision and then make a booking to get immunized. I wanna thank Albertans for continuing to get their vaccines and boosters as they're able to do so. I'd also like to thank every Albertan who's doing their best each and every day to follow their public health measures and to help keep other Albertans, their families, and our health system operating. And I assure you that for our part, the government will continue to take any action needed to keep Albertans safe while we maintain our quality of life as much as we can through these very challenging times. We'll watch the evidence and adjust our public health measures and guidance as required so please enjoy the holiday and keep doing your part to keep yourself, your loved ones, and your communities safe. And thank you. And with that, I'll now ask Dr. Hinshaw to provide COVID's nine, COVID, today's COVID-19 update and provide some additional guidance in regards to the coming holidays. That was Alberta Health Minister Jason Copping following up on Premier Jason Kenney's uh, update on COVID-19 in the province of Alberta. A lot of news to get through. Uh, the headline, I think what most people are going to be talking about today, the indoor gathering restrictions have changed. 
Um, the 10-person maximum t- uh, over 18 remains in effect, but that used to be limited to two, uh, two households. That limitation has been removed. It also used to be for vaccinated Albertans only. The vaccination requirement has also been removed. So it's still 10 adults, but they can come from anywhere. Uh, as we heard, Dr. Hinshaw is next to speak. What we'll do is take a quick break while they get ready for that. When we come back, uh, Dr. Dina Hinshaw with the latest on COVID-19 in Alberta. This morning, we're bringing you live coverage of the COVID-19 update. Uh, Jason Kenny, Jason Copping, and now Dr. Dina Hinshaw, the Chief Medical Officer of Health. A lot of news. Let's hear what Dr. Hinshaw has to say. Uh, she's in Edmonton. Thank you, Minister, and good morning, everyone. While we don't have the numbers for today available until this afternoon, I would like to talk about Omicron today. Twice before in this past year, we have faced a new variant. So we have seen what can happen with a new and more infectious version of the virus. Each time, we had reached a relatively successful point in dealing with the previous version of the virus, and each time the new variant meant we needed to change our assumptions and our approach. We must learn from our past. In the summer, we used early evidence on Delta from a small number of comparator countries, combined with forecasting of expected impacts to inform plans to move to an endemic state. As we all know, that move was too early, and the fourth wave had a devastating impact on our healthcare system. I cannot overstate the importance of having learned from that experience and the need to be extremely cautious as we learn more about the Omicron variant. Here is what we currently understand about Omicron. We know it is more transmissible. We know it causes more breakthrough infections in those who have previously been infected and in those who have two doses of vaccine. As the Premier mentioned, early evidence indicates that it may be less likely to cause severe outcomes than previous variants, but with a much larger larger number of people being infected much more quickly, the overall impact on ICUs is still rising in other parts of the world where Omicron is spreading fast. Said in a different way, even if the risk of each individual case needing ICU care is lower, if the total number of cases is much larger, the total acute care impact would be expected to be significant. I have heard clearly from many Albertans about the negative impacts the current measures have on people. I know that there is no risk-free option in front of us and that the impacts of restrictions are real. I also know that we face a very real risk of experiencing a significant fifth wave with this new variant that could be worse than previous waves in terms of overall impact on our health system due to sheer volume of cases. We simply don't know yet. No one wants to maintain restrictions for longer than possible than absolutely necessary but it is also true that no one wants to see our healthcare system under the strain it experienced just a few months ago or worse. In light of this, while I know this is disappointing, as we make plans for the holiday season, I ask all of us to make decisions thinking about our communities and our healthcare system. Tempting as it may be to make an exception and break the rules, the risk of transmission is just too great particularly severe outcomes for those who aren't fully vaccinated. Our experience through the pandemic has shown us that even with earlier, less transmissible strains of COVID-19, indoor social gatherings have been a leading cause of viral spread. 
That's because in private social gatherings, people are more likely to be in close, prolonged contact with those from other households. We can make our holiday gatherings as safe as possible by limiting the total number of gatherings we attend or host, keeping gatherings small, planning gatherings that can happen outside, and encouraging as many people as possible at the gathering to have received all doses of vaccine that they are eligible for. With indoor gatherings, some additional options to reduce risk include things like asking guests to wear masks when they're not eating or drinking, arranging seating during meals to maximize the distance between households, increasing indoor air ventilation whenever possible, having guests who are more susceptible to severe outcomes of COVID-19, including those who are older than 65 or who are immune compromised, consider wearing a medical face mask while at the indoor gathering, and of course, ensuring that anyone who is feeling unwell, even if mild symptoms, not attend the gathering. It's also critical that if someone hosting is feeling unwell, they need to cancel that gathering. As disappointing as this may be, it's important to help keep our friends and family safe as the holiday season approaches. I also want to speak about the fact that vaccines remain a vital tool in our fight against COVID-19. To those who have not yet had the protection that first and second doses offer, I ask that you consider doing so as soon as possible. In addition, the expansion of eligibility for third doses to include anyone 50 or older and all healthcare workers is an important step. This will not only boost protection against the Delta variant that is still circulating, but early evidence also shows that that third dose increases protection against the Omicron variant. As soon as you are eligible for a third dose, please go and get it. I also strongly encourage Albertans to take the first vaccine available to them. On this matter, I want to clarify the difference between Pfizer and Moderna. Both vaccines offer a high level of protection against COVID-19, particularly against severe outcomes. In fact, Moderna shows a slightly higher level of effectiveness when compared with Pfizer. I've spoken before about the increased risk of myocarditis in younger Albertans, especially in males, from Moderna. To be clear, this small increase does not change the, the fact that individuals are much more likely to experience myocarditis from COVID-19 infection than the vaccine. And the data shows that this risk from vaccine is focused in younger males. For older individuals, Moderna is an excellent choice. And I want to assure Albertans who are eligible for a booster that this will give you the same, if not slightly increased protection and is a good choice for all of us. Going back to booster eligibility, unfortunately, we continue to hear reports from Alberta Health Services and pharmacies about individuals who are attending appointments for third doses before they have reached the six-month period from their second dose. Because of the importance of waiting that six months to ensure the strongest protection, these people are turned away when they arrive for their appointments and this takes a valuable spot away from someone else who is eligible. I understand people are eager to get those third doses, but please know that we are going to open up bookings to other age groups as soon as we have the supply to do so, and you won't have to wait much longer. I know that today's news is not what many people were hoping for as we approach the holiday season, and I know that this season can be very hard when we can't gather with our family and friends. I ask that all of us think of ways to support each other and show those we love 
how much they mean to us in this difficult time. COVID-19 doesn't play by the rules we wish it did, and we can't change how it behaves. What we can change is how we respond to the new information we are receiving, and to do everything we can to stop COVID-19 from doing the worst of what it could possibly do. Thank you, and we're happy to take questions. Thank you, Dr. Hinshaw. That concludes the formal portion of today's announcement. We might move over to our media Q&A. Uh, we're going to start with the podium mic in Edmonton, move to the phones, and then finish here at the podium mic in Calgary. Just a reminder to any journalist joining us in person to please state your name and the outlet you're with, as well as who you're directing your question to. Uh, and with that, we'll jump to the podium in Edmonton. Go ahead. Thank you. Shalan Skalski with CTV News. My question would be for the Premier. Uh, the federal government, as well as many health experts, are advising against loosening any restrictions with the highly contagious Omicron variant making its way through other provinces and countries. We saw what happened in, when we opened in the summer. Dr. Hinshaw addressed it. Why risk a similar devastating outcome by allowing more households to mix over the holidays? Well, look, I don't uh, accept the premise of that question whatsoever. Uh, what we're doing today uh, means Alberta continues to have the most strict uh, re restrictions on indoor socializing in Canada. Um, most provinces have limits of about uh, 20, 25 people. We have a limit on 10, 10 adults. Um, <clears throat> no other provinces have prohibited people from uh, uh, multiple households from socializing, I think with the exception of Quebec, where it's uh, three household limit, I believe. So this still keeps us with the most stringent uh, rules. But at the same time, we have to be mindful after 21 months of this, of the willingness of the public to actually comply with the rules. Rules on paper that are not uh, observed by the public are meaningless, pointless, and just undermine uh, confidence in, in the public health measures. So uh, the reality is that uh, families are going to be gathering at Christmas. We want to do the, people to be mindful of uh, and to follow these rules. We think this is a more realistic approach um, that, uh, you know, for example, uh, three or four individuals who are members of an immediate family um, but who live in, th in three or four different households can get together safely. This, we're providing clear guidelines on how to do so. Um, we would not be taking this measure if we thought it, 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 it represented any uh, significant uh, additional risk. Uh, more broadly, look, we were really very much hoping to have to be able to relax more broadly our public health measures going into this Christmas because Albertans have uh, really stepped up to the plate, made enormous sacrifices to get the fourth wave under control. Uh, we are now down to about 60 COVID-19 patients in intensive care. Uh, we have seen active case counts go from, uh, total active cases go from about 24,000 to about 4,000. Uh, we have seen uh, significant declines in the positivity rate. Um, many days where we're uh, below 300 new cases. So uh, I want to thank Albertans once again for the way that they have made sacrifices. And we need to acknowledge that as we go into Christmas. Uh, we, need, uh, we need to maintain, as I say, a public support uh, for the measures that are in place. And we think this is a reasonable, uh, very modest uh, a change that allows people to have small, uh, responsible family gatherings in line with what the rest of the country is doing, in fact, in a way that is even, even more stringent than the rest of the country. And Shalane, do you have a follow-up today? I do, yes. Uh, again, to the Premier, just following up on what you just said and other comments that you've made in, in previous weeks about respecting Albertans' tolerance of tough restrictions, why are you confident that Albertans, vaccinated or unvaccinated, will follow the measures that you've outlined here today? Well, I think most people want to do the right thing. 
uh, they want to uh, keep themselves and their families safe, and they understand the impact that can COVID, COVID can have on the healthcare system. And really, the answer to your question is when you look at how Albertans have stepped up to the plate over the past three months um, to crush the fourth uh, wave in Alberta. I just went through some of the stats uh, that uh, that happened because you, you know, not because we had a cop on every street corner ticketing people for uh, minor infractions of public health measures. It happened because of over uh, of most people doing their best broadly to observe the public health measures and guidelines. Um, and uh, at the same time, I think we need to acknowledge after 21 months, there's enormous fatigue. Uh, and let's also, we also have to balance all these things out. We have to balance out people's mental and emotional health. Uh, the notion of, of uh, isolating a whole lot more people for the second straight Christmas, unable to have any contact with family, um, I, I think could have a devastating impact on many people, on the mental and emotional well-being of many people. Um, I think we all know folks who have been going through a really tough time uh, in terms of their um, their their emotional well-being. So that has to be one of the factors at at the holiday season that we take into account, trying to balance all these things off as best we can. Okay, uh, we'll know. We'll now turn to the phones. Operator, can you please put through the first call? Tyler Dawson, National Post. Hi, uh, yeah, this, uh, this question is for the Premier as well. Um, just the, what's the logic in, in lifting restrictions on the unvaccinated? I mean, if, if they were at considerable risk um, prior to today, um, I mean, why, why, why lift that um, and, and risk there being another pandemic of the unvaccinated? Well, thank you, Tyler. First of all, we brought in that measure uh, when we were at uh, the peak of the fourth wave, we were facing an imminent uh, threat to our uh, healthcare capacity. And when we were at much lower levels of vaccination coverage, um, we now realize that we are a complete outlier in Canada. We are the only province in the Federation uh, that has had a prohibition on indoor uh, private socializing amongst people who are unvaccinated. We acknowledge that, that people who are unvaccinated are, are I think, uh, by def definition, the least likely to observe public health measures. Um, we have substantially increased our overall vaccination rates uh, to now uh, about 90% first dose coverage, 85% second dose coverage amongst adults. Um, we have, uh, as I say, our, our numbers have come down dramatically. We're, we're below the, the national average in terms of active uh, cases per capita. Uh, and, and finally, at, at Christmas time, uh, you know, we don't want there. As you know, Tyler, there's been enormous stress and strain, division amongst in families and communities and organizations. Um, and if there's one small thing we can do that takes away another reason for division about families arguing about having the the unvaccinated aunt over for Christmas dinner, for example, if we can instead put that decision back to individual families, how they can be COVID careful, they can use rapid testing, for example, if they're having family gatherings, there are other measures that they can take. Um, those rapid tests are now more rapid, uh, widely available as well. So we think that um, it, it's appropriate at this time to go to where the rest of Canada is all nine other provinces, and permit uh, limited socializing regardless of, of people's vaccination status. And Tyler, do you have a follow-up? Uh, Premier Jason Kenney taking questions from reporters. We'll continue to uh, stay with this news conference, but we do have to take a quick break, so we'll do that right now and come back with more questions from the media for Premier Kenney and Health Minister Jason Copping. 
So we're getting an update from Premier Jason Kenney, Health Minister Jason Copping, and Chief Medical Officer of Health Dr. Dina Hinshaw this morning talking about COVID-19 in Alberta amidst the spread of the Omicron virus, or variant rather. Uh, the big takeaway right now is actually a, a loosening of the restrictions in Alberta. The maximum of 10 adults for an indoor gathering remains in effect, but they no longer have to be confined to two households. That limit is gone. And the vaccination requirement for those gatherings is also gone. So essentially, the limit is still 10 adults at any indoor social gathering, but those 10 adults can come from anywhere. That's the biggest change so far. Um, Premier taking questions from reporters in response to the news that was passed out this morning. Let's uh, continue to hear what they have to say. Premier as well. I just wanted to ask, you know, what is your level of confidence that this relaxation of rules going into Christmas, you know, isn't going to be sort of the start of a, of a fifth wave? These are very small modifications to simply one aspect of wide-ranging public health restrictions. Um, we uh, are, are talking here about moving to still the most stringent uh, restrictions in the country on indoor uh, social gatherings. Um, and so we would not be doing this if we thought this was uh, uh, represented a significant risk for uh, uh, widespread uh, uh, viral spread, I should say. And, uh, and, and over, moreover, Tyler, the most important thing when it comes to uh, limiting uh, viral spread through people's interaction is that the public buys into it. The public buy, uh, accepts and seeks to follow broadly the public health measures and guidelines. If we create rules that are uh, stringent and, and frankly, for many people, unrealistic, and if all that does is, is uh, to give us comfort that on paper we have super strict rules but there is almost complete of population non-compliance, for example, at Christmas time, then we are undermining the credibility of the guidelines and the public health measures. We've got to keep all of that in balance. As I said, we also have to keep in balance people's mental and emotional well-being after 21 uh, really difficult months. And uh, we're trying to balance all of these things together. Uh, and uh, and I also, uh, observing what other jurisdictions do uh, across Canada with uh, indoor social uh, uh, guidelines uh, that are more liberal than what we are proposing here in Alberta. Okay, thank you. Operator, can you please connect our next caller? James Keller, Globe and Mail. Hi, this is a question for the Premier. Um, on the issue of travel restrictions, can you tell me what you think about this? Uh, the profit of the federal government as we expect to restore the global travel advisory? And uh, for you, what is your advice going to be to members of your caucus in terms of international travel? Well, first of all, we haven't seen the final decision of the federal government. There was a discussion uh, amongst the premiers with the prime minister on this last night. Um, I, I think many premiers raised a degree of skepticism about the efficacy of additional travel restrictions, given that uh, to travel in or out of Canada, you have to be fully vaccinated. You have to do uh, one, at least one, in some cases, two PCR tests. Uh, you have to wear a, a mask on an airplane, and uh, which has the highest level of, uh, of um, uh, you know, air filtration. So there are multiple protocols in place to ensure uh, safe travel. We know that we have Omicron in Canada. We have community transmission of Omicron. Uh, and so um, 
we, I think a number of premiers raised questions about the efficacy of additional travel measures. And also what I heard from several of my colleagues, um, and this comes back to what I was saying earlier about uh, indoor social guidelines, you know, we've been asking people to make enormous sacrifices to disrupt their lives uh, to get vaccinated. And the overwhelming majority of people have done those things. Uh, 90%, for example, of adult Albertans have stepped up to get uh, some vaccine protection. And uh, if one of the benefits that come with vaccination is the ability to travel, we don't want to take that or significantly impair that benefit. We have to maintain some sensible balance here. The public will not, I believe, not in Alberta and not the rest of Canada, will not accept a permanent long-term impairment of basic act, uh, basic uh, aspects of a free life. And so uh, one of those aspects is travel. So I would say uh, with all of the restrictions that have been added there, including the federal government's uh, requirement for full vaccination, uh, that I, I think the, the federal government has to explain how this would actually meaningfully reduce community transmission, which is already present with respect to Omicron. Um, one option that uh, I and, and at least a couple of other premiers proposed to the Prime Minister yesterday, was if, they, if they feel necessary to do something additional, like for example in the area of, of quarantine for travel, would be to replicate the principles of the Alberta Travel Pilot Program that operated for several months uh, in 2020, excuse me, in, uh, yeah, 2020. And that was uh, be between, I think it was roughly August and uh, the end of that year. And uh, that would be to have somebody uh, take a test upon arrival um, and if uh, wait for the results, PCR test, uh, and if it's negative, uh, they could they would isolate in that interim period. But that's in addition to a PCR test they take before boarding the flight. It's in addition to being fully vaccinated and all of the other measures. So we'll see if the federal government uh, considers those um, those issues. In terms of um, uh, the government caucus or, or senior public uh, officials, uh, we issued a memo last week indicating what the current rules are and asking, of course, people uh, who are elected uh, to observe the same rules that are in place. I, I don't know what the federal government may be doing or changing today. We may have to come back and look at that. But right now, there is no advisory against travel. And James, do you have a follow-up today? Uh, I do, and this is going way, way off topic. Um, the Parkland Institute uh, put out a report today on AIMCO uh, with a lot of criticisms about uh, its performance and some of the problems we've seen over the past year or more. And our, among the recommendations is that uh, clients, which are predominantly provincial employee pension plans uh, be permitted to withdraw from AIMCO with uh, two years' notice. I'm just wondering what you think of that prospect, uh, and do you think that people should have the ability to get their capital out of AIMCO? Well, I haven't seen that report, uh, first of all. Secondly, I would. Uh, my understanding is that this year AIMCO has had very strong performance uh, in terms of their investment results, uh, and that uh, broadly over the past decade, they have performed as well as or better than the average amongst uh, comparable uh, public uh, pension fund managers. Thirdly, uh, there is a significant uh, savings economies of scale being realized uh, by AIMCO as a central investment manager for the various public pension funds in the province. Uh, this avoids a duplicate administration. Um, it also allows uh, those part the participants to benefit from uh, with a larger fund 
from a more more diverse uh, distribution of investments, uh, as well as being able to invest in larger scale projects, which may have better returns. So there are um, many reasons why there, there are benefits to participating in a larger fund. At the end of the day, what you're uh, referring to are um, public uh, servants, uh, our, our government employee pension plans, which are operated as defined benefit pensions, which are effectively indemnified by the Crown, by the government. So regardless of, I, I, this is what I find peculiar, regardless of what the returns are, uh, the um, beneficiaries will get the same pension based on their defined benefit formula. And if there is underperformance in the investment fund, the government, the taxpayer, has to cover the difference. I think there is a, a, a widespread misconception about this. It, it, I, it, it seems as though um, some, this was certainly the case with the conversion of the Alberta Teachers Retirement Fund, it, it seems as though some believe that, this, that these are defined contribution plans where the benefits are correlated to uh, the investment outcome. That is not true. These are defined, guaranteed, defined benefit pensions. And so the government has an interest in maximizing returns so that we minimize taxpayer risk. And uh, we believe that the best way of doing so is operating through a larger fund such as IMCO. And I can share with the ATRF, for example, we have saved, um, we estimate something like $50 million annually in pension administration costs that will benefit teachers. It'll be expressed in about $25 million in lower uh, premiums, and it will benefit taxpayers uh, by saving about $25 million for the government. Uh, so uh, creating all sorts of separate little funds where they all have to go out and pay seven figures uh, to fund managers to compete for uh, world-class fund managers, I, I don't think uh, makes a lot of sense in this context of defined benefit publicly uh, guaranteed pensions. Thanks, Premier. Operator, can you please put through our next call? Rick Bell, Calgary Sun. Um, yes, question for the Premier. Um, good morning. Um, you, you talked a lot about your, your trying to look at, you know, restrictions or not restrictions or rule changes based on what you believe the public is willing to accept. And I understand that. I live in a high-rise apartment building where you're supposed to be masked in common areas like lobbies and elevators, and probably in my apartment block, 75% of the people are not. They do not wear a mask, even though there are signs posted. So I get that. But my question is, would you do more if you thought you could get more buy-in? Or, or is this a case of you're doing what you're doing because you feel at this point in time this is the limit of what people will reasonably uh, adhere to? Or, yeah, or I think it's, if you could I get think... more buy-in, if I could wave a magic wand and suddenly Albertans were more receptive to further restrictions, would you bring them in? No, we don't have restrictions for the sake of restrictions. I've always said that we have tried to uh, use restrictions as a last and limited resort, not as a first and maximum uh, tool. And uh, every restriction has negative consequences. Collectively, all of these restrictions, uh, enduring over a long period of time, have the negative have negative outcomes in terms of people's uh, um, 
set, uh, emotional and, and uh, mental well-being. And sometimes that is expressed, Rick, as you know, in very serious ways. I mean, we, we, let's not uh, put our head in the sand about the emerging data on a decline in uh, child uh, mental health and emotional well-being during the COVID era with all the dislocation, separation from their friends. Um, let's face up to the significant increase in uh, addictions and opioid overdoses, which I think is rather obviously connected to the anxiety um, and dislocation of the COVID era, the restric restrictions that have been part of it. Let's look at the in data about increased family and uh, domestic violence uh, and, and spousal abuse and, and, and so much more that, that lies below the surface, but we all know about in our lives. And so uh, we just have to be mindful of that. The notion that, that we could just, you know, cancel Christmas in an excess of caution um, for a sec the second time where grandchildren can't go and see grandma and grandpa, uh, where um, siblings can't join their aging parents. Um, it's the notion that we should do that in an excess of caution, I don't think reflects where Albertans, what Albertans would be willing to tolerate. So we're trying to balance these things. There's no perfect way of doing it. We are concerned about Omicron. We should be. Dr. Hinshaw has given a very clear message today about how people can take voluntary measures to keep themselves safe. But at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about four and a half million people making individual choices that are responsible. That's basically what we're asking for here. We're giving them uh, parameters. They are very stringent parameters, uh, but I, we're trying to make them reasonable in a way that people can realistically follow them uh, after 21 months of this. Premier Jason Kenney responding to uh, a number of questions about why he's made a decision to actually loosen restrictions uh, in light of what other governments around the province, uh, the country and around the world are doing. Um, we'll continue with the questions. We need to take a quick break, though. So we'll do that right now and come back with more questions for the Premier as he announces changes to very to private indoor restrictions in our province. More when we come back. So the Premier continuing to take questions from reporters following news that was uh, revealed this morning. The, the big takeaway, most people talking about the fact that the restrictions on indoor gatherings in Alberta are changing. The maximum of 10 people remains. That's not changing. What is changing, though, is where those 10 people can be drawn from. It used to be a two-household limit. Not anymore. As many households as you want. It used to be for vaccinated Albertans only. Not anymore. So basically, it's a limit of 10 adults, no limit on under 18s. Um, and it doesn't matter how many households they come from or whether or not they're vaccinated. That seems to be the focus of most of the questions. We won't stay with this for the entire morning. We'll get a couple more questions in, and then we'll hear from you. 780-496-0063-403-974-8255. Lots and lots of news to get to, but let's take a few more questions from the media for Premier Jason Kenney. Rick, do you have a follow-up today? Yes, and, and thanks for that answer, Premier. Uh, my supplementary, I guess... And it's hypothetical, but it's not really that much of a hypothetical. If we get to a situation where um, it is much more dire than it is now, um, perhaps a fifth wave or whatever, how, 
how how will your decision making? I guess that's the, sort of a supplementary to the first question. How will your decision making be affected by the fact that you're very cognizant? You've told us repeatedly this morning. You're very cognizant that people you believe most Albertans are not willing to buy into more restrictions. So if the situation gets worse than it is now, how will that affect your decision-making about bringing in other measures, knowing or, or you asserting that people right now are don't want them, don't want those added measures? Yeah, well, I would say, Rick, if the situation changes significantly for the worse, we will take action. Uh, as we have, uh, we will take action uh, to protect the healthcare system. Um, we are in a um, particularly challenging moment with, with Omicron because we, we know some things about it, but, not, but there's not yet a clear scientific consensus about um, the threat that it may pose in terms of severity of outcomes and therefore pressure on the hospital system. What we do know is it is highly transmissible, and it is here. It, there will undoubtedly uh, be widespread transmission of Omicron. It, because it's more transmissible than Delta, I think we can reasonably uh, predict that it will become the dominant variant in the province. Um, what we don't yet know is uh, what kind of threat that might pose on the healthcare system. We need more data. I can tell you that in my discussion with all 13 premiers last night, uh, that uh, none of them are prepared to move forward with a significant additional stringency in their public health measures. They all were uh, uh, of the view that the, our, the Canadian public is, is more or less at the limit of its tolerance for public health measures, uh, that adding stringency right now, just before Christmas, uh, the second COVID Christmas, would uh, invite widespread noncompliance and... Uh, that we, we, we must all work very closely to monitor uh, the developments on Omicron, and we will take uh, tough decisions if they are necessary to protect the healthcare system. But this is all about trying to strike a balance imperfectly. There will always be critics on both sides of that balance uh, balancing exercise. But... Um, the, the, if the message here today was we're canceling Christmas, stay at home, uh, you're not allowed out, and we're putting a cop in every corner, I think uh, I think would put, people would tell us to take a hike. They're not going to observe that kind of stringency. So I think this is a, uh, you know, this is a call for people to be responsible with very clear parameters. Uh, Alberta's maintaining some of the most stringent uh, uh, COVID rules in the country because we are being very cautious. Uh, but we're also trying to balance it with all those other factors. Thanks, Premier Jason Kenney we'll continuing to take questions time. from uh, reporters following news that he is changing restrictions around indoor gatherings. Other than that, um, the announcement, rapid testing uh, coming up December 17th. Uh, free test kits will be available to Albertans, 500,000 of these kits with five tests each. Uh, we'll go through the details on where you can get those, putting emphasis on, uh, you know, testing and vaccination. That's the primary discussion that we're hearing today. Also, um, the 10 maximum 
restrictions still in effect, but they've changed where those 10 people can come from. So now um, you can come from the two household restriction is gone as well as the vaccination requirement is gone. Uh, Another big story developing is all of this is happening and the premier is speaking. The Flames put out another update on their COVID situation, which has turned into an absolute catastrophe. The Calgary Flames outbreak now includes 27 cases of COVID. 17 more were added today. Um, It's just obviously run right through the Calgary Flames organization. The NHL is seeing more and more cases. Boston now putting Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron on the protocol. They were in Calgary last weekend. Uh, The Oilers have a couple of players and a coach that are now into COVID protocol. As you know, two games were postponed in the NHL last night. What's going to happen with hockey? 